Greetings ladies and mental gents and welcome to today's Reddit quickie video. Taken from the HFY subreddit, the story is called 4 hours 17 minutes, written by U2J1977. The link to the original will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. The invasion of Earth only lasted 4 hours and 17 minutes. It was the shortest campaign in the Caravoxian homogenies history, which is saying something as we had conquered 31 other civilized planets. We first detected the human civilization 25 years ago through our deep space antenna network that picked up their various broadcasts and entertainment feeds. We focused our long-range sensors in that direction and waited for more information. Greetings class, my name is Telexoon. My father was the Minister of Military Intelligence 15 years ago, when we sent the invasion force. My father's team poured through thousands of terabytes of data, trying to determine culture, mindset, military capabilities, and anything that might be useful in the invasion strategy. The first problem we encountered was filtering out the facts from fiction. Humans, as it turns out, are a particularly imaginative and prolific species. We, the Cavox, have our own entertainment sector that is responsible for creating educational and instructional long and short holovids, as well as written manuals. However, we have been told that they were not particularly creative species. Perhaps it stems from our ancestors being reptilian, or perhaps it simply stems from the fact that for most of our existence, we've had to fight and claw our way through life, and things like art and fiction are not particularly vital to survival. Anyways, I digress. We quickly found that much of the information of antennas picked up was either fictional, trivial, or just plain wrong. What we did manage to verify is that Earth was not a unified world, instead ruled by many nations and vastly different agendas. We also detected no signs of FDL travel. Lastly, what their movies and sci-fi entertainment suggested, they did not have an advanced shielding technology or energy weapons. Armed with these key indicators, we reported to the military tribunal that this would be a simple invasion, as we were dealing with a pre-FDL flight civilization. Earth was 10 years, Earth years about 8.17 Kavax years, away from FTL travel, so we began building up an invasion force. After 10 years, we had built up 130 ships specifically for the Earth invasion. We placed 23 million Kavok soldiers, pilots, engineers into stasis, and transferred them into the 30 Long Kuala-class ships, named after the Kravakshian super predator that carried her young in an armored petty pouch before we hunted them to extinction. The Armada had 30 Kuala-class ships, 30 Bailan-class hunter ships, the human equivalent is a battleship, if I recall, 40 Swigian-class ships, destroyers and frigates in human terms, and 10 Podus-class hospital ships, and 20 Agonkar-class control ships. The Agonkar ships, as most of you young cadets already know, is how the fleets can travel vast distances through space by creating FTL field enough to pull multiple ships with it all while providing command and control functions to keep the whole fleet data-linked and while we're synchronizing combat maneuvers. The day came for the fleet to depart Novamus, 
Our homeworld, we don't celebrate the way humans do, with grand events, big flowery speeches, or rather meaningful displays. So, on the 33rd day of Rial, in the year 2357, after a 13-minute speech of our supreme apex, in which our invasion force was reminded of their duty to be fearless, loyal, and victorious, the fleet quietly slipped out of the solar system and jumped to FDL with no complications. The next ten years were almost uneventful. Our ships are incredibly reliable, with several redundancies built into all vital systems, and are crewed by function-specific AI robots with Crovaxian engineer overseers. Those engineers must always be remembered for their sacrifices. They spent a prime third of their life in deep space surrounded by cold void lifeless robots, and the knowledge that they would never see Novomus again and the Clutchmates again. You must understand that the engineers knew that they would die on Earth as a part of the occupation force, but they didn't want to live through a second ten-year trip exposed to cosmic radiation. The average thirty-year lifespan of the Kravoxians was reduced to approximately a year, for every two spent in FDL, according to the Ministry of Health. We arrived at the edge of the human-controlled solar system and staged at what they call the Autosea Cloud to mask our ships as troops were brought out of stasis. The final battle plans were written up, and we detected a small colony on the fourth planet, Mars, so named for some god of their ancient history, a nasty-looking series of weapons installations on the moon, and several dozen defensive satellites surrounding the planet. The decision was made to attack the faction with the largest and most advanced military. When the moon installation was on the far side of the planet, the North American continent would be on the beachhead. We did a synchronized micro-jump to within the orbit of their moon, approximately 350,000 of their kilometers, and began attacking their defense satellites. Hour number one. We attacked and disabled 12 satellites that covered our initial attack vector with only minimal losses. Within the first 20 minutes, we saw resistance build in a way of small ships, barely large enough to carry two or three crew members. They were firing ballistic weapons that were ineffective against our armor, and our larger ships proved to be more formidable against the Swigen-class destroyers and frigates. The lack of unifying tactics and the fact that there was an incredible amount of variation in the ships made planning accounted to them to be challenging. After a few minutes, we were able to listen to their communications. To our shock, there was not a military force that were attacking us, but civilians in their own personal shuttles. This first failure in our intel gathering was disappointing, but nothing that we couldn't overcome. About 30-minute mark, the first military vessels engaged our fleet. These ships were far more formidable, but still no match for our Quailor or Bailoon-class ships. These human vessels were equivalent to our Swiggian cruisers, and armed with ballistic weapons, and even a couple of high-powered railguns. We focused our attacks on the railgun-equipped ships after one of them ripped up's respite, our lead POTUS-class hospital ship in half, over the well-timed barrage. At the end of the first hour, we had lost ten Swagon-class destroyers and a Thelps respite. Another dozen Swagon cruisers were damaged, but still in the fight. The two Quailor and the five Bilen-class ships had taken damage, losing some weapon placements and a hull plating, but were otherwise fully functional. 
the humans had lost over 300 of their shuttle-class ships, 130 freighters, and 30 destroyers. We were taking a few more losses than anticipated, but within acceptable parameters. The invasion was on schedule. Hour number two. At 98 minutes into the invasion, our sensors detected a massive fleet of human battleship-class vessels that just materialized out of nowhere. The commanders later reported watching in horror and shock as one after another ship materialized into the dark void of space. At first they thought that it was some sort of extremely advanced stealth technology, but the truth was so much worse. It turns out that humans were both impatient and extremely cautious. They had determined long ago that space travel was too time-consuming and dangerous, so they abandoned FTR research. Instead, they developed wormhole drives. These species of hairless apes had done what no other species in the galaxy had even dared to try. Bend the very fabric of space because they didn't have the patience to travel at FTL speeds. They developed wormhole drives because long-distance space travel is dangerous and comes with serious health risks. Let me restate that. These humans decided getting into a ship and flying at FDL was too time-consuming and dangerous, so they instead developed technologies that allowed them to rip a hole in the fabric of space so that they could travel anywhere, nearly instantaneously. It took 22 minutes for the arrival of the human fleet to our assault to be broken. Admiral Rechka sorrowfully ordered a full retreat, and gave the command to prepare to FTL jump and regroup a week's travel away from the solar system. It took another 10 minutes to calculate the FTL jump and disseminate it through the Kangunkar ships as the rest of the fleet. That became known as the longest 10 minutes of Kovaxian history. After receiving confirmation that all ships had received and plotted the FTL course, Admiral Rekja issued the command to retreat. Hour number three. Upon issuing the retreat, everyone braced for FTL, which nearly all of the invasion force, except for the voyage engineers, had never experienced, because they were in stasis for the initial journey. However, instead of stretching lurch and blinding light and a sudden total darkness of FTL travel, Every monitor on every ship displayed an image of a human wearing an odd white hat with a wide, up-swooped brim and it dipped slightly at the front and back. Then every speaker on the ship opened up. Welcome to Earth! Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Admiral Coleman of the United States Space Navy. It appears that we've had a bit of a rough first contact. It seems you're in a rush to leave. But I must insist that you stick around for a while. Allow me to show you how the Texans feel about trespassers. With that, the screens went blank, the speakers were silent, and a rare feeling began to creep into the minds of all of the most stalwart warriors. Fear. These humans had just broken through our security protocols, disabled our FDL capability, and broadcast audio and visual to every device capable of receiving the transmission across the entire fleet. Admiral Rekcha ordered all of the Bailen and Swigen class ships on half of the Ergen class ships to form a picket line to protect the Quaylar ships, the Bodas hospital ships and the other Agon class ships, as they retreated at full impulse away from the death trap of the solar system. As the Quaylar ships began to make the break for it, the humans surprised us again. Wormhole missiles. 
missiles with warheads capable of creating wormholes that would suck the effect ship into a wormhole of space and shunt them out in a predetermined location. That location was inside the chromosphere of the sun. It took 30 seconds for the entire picket line to rematerialize by and be vaporized by the sun. At 19 minutes into our third hour, under Admiral Olguk, surrendered to the remaining fleet. Admiral Coleman reappeared on all the screens and speakers. I graciously accept your apology and surrender. I do feel I might sad about what is done to the other half of your fleet. As you'll notice, we didn't destroy your troop carriers or your other fleeing ships. These, um, Aghan K-class ships, we have rules of war here that don't allow us for killing those in retreat. I wish I could say the same for you all. But... After reviewing the first two hours of combat footage, that just isn't so, now is it? Admiral Coleman looked away for a second, his face showing several emotions. Sadness, anger, and then back to his affections of polite charm. I'll tell you all what, we've just finished decrypting the data on those command ships you were relaying. I think we'll pay you a visit in your homeworld in Novemus. I'm sure we'll be able to clear this whole mess up in no time. You all just sit there and follow the instructions of the boarding parties and that will be coming over in the next few minutes. And we won't need to have any more of this unfortunate business today. Okay, you all take care and sit tight. With that, the monitors and speakers went quiet again. Admiral Ogok was currently watching horror as 75 battleships broke formation and began moving out of the combat zone, aimed at their own world. It only took five minutes for boarding parties to reach the remaining ships. One crew attempted to fight back, only to have the humans immediately retreat and their shuttle before the vessel was hit with a wormhole missile and dropped into the sun. Though other crews resisted and found that while the humans were very serious, they didn't exact any punishment, execute ship captains, or even claim trophies. They simply removed the command staff from the bridge, secured the comms and disabled the weapons, and then signaled the mission complete to the command. Under Admiral Olgok wrote when he's debriefing that the humans, while nothing specially physical, have no natural weapon or armor, and being somewhat average in the stature and musculature, are the most efficient combat teams that I've ever encountered. It only took them about 20 minutes to secure every remaining Kovacian ship. As soon as all of our ships were secured, Admiral Coleman's assault force jumped into the wormhole space. Under Admiral Olgok's log state, as soon as I saw those ships enter wormhole space, headed for Novamus, I knew all hope was lost. Our home world would be captured, and we Krovox would become servants to these humans. We have certainly been lucky to this point, and that they had not found us before now. Their ships and weapons were nothing spectacular. At best, they can be on par with ours. Their armor is possibly a little weaker than ours. However... This wormhole technology and those damned wormhole missiles combined with the efficiency of their space marines makes them an unstoppable force. Instant travel across the galaxy and the ability to simply shunt their enemies into the nearby star was a well-aimed missile or capabilities that no other species would have ever thought possible before today. Should we be allowed to continue to exist, we are still generations away from being able to counter these technologies. Hour number four. The human fleet materialized in the atmosphere of Novimus and immediately opened fire with railguns and missiles. Twenty-seven minutes later, every orbital defense platform, gun battery, missile silo, and military installation on the protecting thrux, our main continent, 
was destroyed or disabled. That's when they started firing assault pods at key government buildings. Each of those pods contained a dozen humans clad in combat exosuits and carrying ballistic weapons, explosive projectiles, and two main portable mini-rail guns. That another thing that we'd never seen in all our conquest. These humans had managed to take a weapon as powerful as a railgun, make it portable, and give it six barrels with the capability of firing 40 rounds in a minute. Standard railguns can fire about four rounds in a minute, as a point of reference, as many railgun was approximately one-tenth of the power that we use on our defensive batteries or warships, but it was also the single most powerful ground assault weapon that we've ever encountered in our 300 years of conquest. At about 45 minutes into the fourth hour, the human assault teams had breached the perimeter, defense of the last mock and the Supreme Apex's command compound. Admiral Coleman then appeared on every screen, his voice echoing from the speakers in the Lisset mock compound. Supreme Apex, pleased to make your acquaintance, it appears that you misplaced an invasion force in Earth territory. I've come to get that sorted out. Now, I know that we don't know each other, and I'm not here offering my new neighbors some handmade apple pie, but I do hope that we can get this sorted out amicably. You have no doubt been informed by now that we've eliminated your planetary defenses, and we've come knocking on your door. I'd really like to avoid any more bloodshed. I've lost 209 good marines getting this far, and I don't consider my people expendable. It would be most disappointing if we must continue fighting this out, when we could come to a peaceable accord instead. I await your response, Supreme Apex. It took only two minutes for the Supreme Apex to respond. Admiral Coleman, it appears that you have left me little choice. Please proceed at designated coordinates so that we can discuss your terms. Your marines have proven themselves as mighty warriors. They bring a great honor to your race. I would like to meet the leader of such a mighty species in person. Hour 5 17 minutes into the first hour, and the Supreme Apex issued an unconditional surrender over every broadcast platform, flanked on either side by humans in combat exosuits. He then bowed and shook the hand, a and a greeting as well as a commitment to uphold an agreement amongst humans of Admiral Coleman, who was still wearing the odd white headgear which we later found out was something called a cowboy hat. The population was in shock. Kravoxians don't panic, as we don't have the emotions wired into us that would cause it. But, I tell you this with all sincerity, our society nearly fell apart in that very instant. Everything that we had ever known was questioned. We had never lost a war or failed to conquer a system. No invading force had ever made it into our solar system much less actually broken our atmosphere. But in only four hours and seventeen minutes, we had gone from being the greatest, most mighty conquered in the history of the known galaxy, to utterly conquered. The Admiral Coleman spoke to every Novomus. Greetings from planet Earth. I wish I could say that I was under better circumstances, but we play the cards that we're dealt. I apologize for the damage to your infrastructure. We did our level best to avoid civilian casualties. But unfortunately, war is like painting a portrait with a mop. We're not here to conquer you or enslave your people to serve our needs. We've long since moved past the phase of our history, which, if I read this into right, your kind have not yet. But no matter. We'll help you get sorted out in no time. Personally, I'm excited to meet some of your other new neighbors to make friends. 
Whether or not we can become friends is up to you, but I do hope that you make the right choice in that matter. Admiral Coleman then concluded, I'll be on my way, but we'll be back to check in soon. In the meantime, I think you may have misplaced these. You can have them back, on the condition that you keep your toys in your yard. With that, the remaining Kovacian fleet materialized in the atmosphere, above the capital building, their shadows darkening the city, just as quickly the human fleet vanished. And that, students, is the story of the invasion of Earth. Today marks the anniversary of the conquest of Novomus. Your homework is to write a 500-word essay on the impact of the humans of the hegemony. You may include cultural examples, political examples, and the liberation of the 31 subjugated planets. Please have it on my desk on one week. Dismissed. End of story. If you wish to support the author or the channel, all the relevant links are down below. But the easiest way would be to share this, like a plague, to everyone and anything that you can think of. And until the next video, I hope that you all have a good time, and I'll see you then. Cheers.